Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Good evening, River of Life. Hey, before I get started, like Pastor Angie just came up and said, if you have not signed up for this, This is such an amazing opportunity to build relationships and community here in your church family. So please, please, please do not miss this opportunity to get to go out and serve with all of us. Well, with that, here we go. You ready? I I told people Saturday night is my practice one. So if I don't do great, come back tomorrow morning. All right, we'll, we'll rerun it. I have known that I was going to preach this weekend for about a month and a half now. And since the minute I found out that I was going to preach this weekend, I started digging through old sermons, old youth series, old devotionals. I was trying to figure out what the heck am I going to talk about this weekend. And it wasn't until I sat down and prayed and was finally like, God, what is it? that I am supposed to speak on because I have gone through everything that I can possibly, all my old stuff. I did not feel like any of it was what I was supposed to talk about this weekend. And it wasn't until I finally sat down in prayer that all of a sudden the Lord was laying something on my heart. And that is prayer. So it only makes sense, right? That the Lord would wait until I prayed to reveal, hey, you're gonna talk about prayer. Now I grew up, In the church, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so I knew what prayer was. My family prayed before every meal. We prayed before bed. Prayer was not foreign to me. I I very much knew what prayer was. Um, I I, had a relationship with Jesus all growing up, so I knew what prayer was. But I really didn't understand as a kid the importance of prayer. See, I, I knew as a kid that praying meant we were talking to Jesus, right? And I remember one time before dinner, um, our family sat down and I started to notice, I would, I would pay attention to the words that my parents would use uh, when they would pray. And I began to notice that when people in our lives were struggling, if it was health issues or finances or whatever, I would pay attention as my parents would, would pray for them at our dinner table. And for me, being a little kid, I watched Disney movies. And so I watched this movie called Aladdin. And so instantly for me in my little kid brain, I went, oh, so praying is just wishing. It's like, it's like a genie thing. Like Jesus is genie, right? So we just throw up stuff and sometimes that comes true. Now for a long time, I, I don't know how long it was, but that was what my prayer life became, okay? Now, now I wasn't just praying anymore just before bed or before meals. Now, all of a sudden, I had stuff to pray for. So I got all excited. I was praying for toys, and I was like, God, if you could just make school be canceled tomorrow. Like, I don't care if it's snow. You do, you, you know, you make it your own thing, but if you could cancel it, that would be really great, right? All of a sudden, my prayer life just skyrocketed because, to me, It was just wishing for things that I wanted. So eventually, 
I hit youth group age. I went into middle school. And uh, I don't know if any of you have middle schoolers, had middle schoolers, if you remember being in middle school. There's just like this entitlement thing that happens. And I don't know if it was just me. I actually know for a fact it's not me. I deal with the youth. I know it's not. But I all of a sudden had this like entitlement thing happening in middle school. And I specifically remember my middle school vibe. Like we would literally play this game of like, who has it worse in life, right? And usually to have it worse in life, all that meant was you had extra chores or you had a little more homework or whatever. You didn't get to play video games as long. But I remember... I remember that being my middle school vibe, right? I remember, and I tried to take this game home, like, because you just, you just do this thing where it was like, well, I had to spend an hour doing homework, and I had to do this many chores, and I didn't get to play, you know, whatever. I tried taking that home, and my dad still to this day always does the same thing, and he goes, man, I don't know how you do it. Your life is so tough. Still to this day, I'm not even, I don't even go home saying nothing like that. He just still, I don't know how you do it. Your life is so tough. After that, I went into high school and I know for a fact, Jesus was no longer a genie in the bottle to me. I went into high school and I actually kind of faded back in my prayer life. My prayer life became before meals, before bed. I would pray three times a day. Breakfast has never been a thing for me. I, I just, so lunch, dinner, bed, those were my prayer times, right? And I remember all through high school, that's what my prayer life looked like. And I specifically remember, I don't remember who preached it, I don't remember anything, but I do remember there was a sermon one time and it was on prayer. And I remember sitting in that sermon and going, Man, I got this prayer thing figured out. I'm praying three times a day. Like, I am way ahead of people on my prayer life. After high school, became an adult. Things changed really quickly. See, all of a sudden, as an adult, you have, like, these real problems. It's no longer, like oh, this person said something mean. Like it was like, oh, now it's like, hey, you have to pay bills and have a job and, you know, figure out all this relationship stuff. It was really cool. It was really great. Soon as I was an adult, I I began to notice this trend in my life. And it would be, my prayer life was lunch, dinner, bed, Right? But then all of a sudden, these struggles would come along. Life would become a little bit more tough. I'd have all these things start to come in my life. And then all of a sudden, my prayer life would skyrocket. It was like all of a sudden, I had all the time in the world to spend in prayer because now I was wanting to spend time in prayer. Looking back at this that cycle, because then as soon as that storm went away, I went right back to lunch, dinner, bed. That was my prayer time. But I got into that cycle for a couple of years. And it took me a really long time to realize what I was doing. See, I wanted relationship with God 
when it was convenient for me, when it was on my terms. See, our prayer life reflects what our relationship with God really looks like. Our prayers should not be proactive, or our prayers should be proactive, not reactive. What I mean by that is prayer should be our go-to thing, not our last resort. When I was talking to Pastor Angie, she put it like this, and I love sports, so this really just clicked with me. She said, our prayer life should be offensive, not defensive. I think so often that's just our mentality is when life gets tough, when all of a sudden those things start happening, well, now we got to pray. But in all reality, we should be praying all the time. Ephesians 6.18, this is Paul talking. He says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Today I wanna ask, this is for everyone. This is, this is how we do it in youth group. I like to ask questions to make you really, really think about it. Are we being persistent in our prayers? Are we praying at all times and on every occasion? See, I think it's easy because in life, we get busy, right? We all of a sudden are running from meeting to meeting or errand to errand just to go home and cook and do chores and eat just so that we can spend a little bit of time where we can finally turn on the TV or Netflix or sit on social media or whatever it is for you just so then we can go to bed and redo it all over again. But you see, God didn't create us to be as busy as possible. He didn't create us to accomplish as many tasks in the day as possible. If all of your stresses and all of your struggles in your life were to go away, would you have a prayer life? Last week, Jeff came from Atlanta and he came and he guessed preached for Mother's Day weekend, and he said something that I really felt like I was supposed to reiterate this weekend, because it stuck with me. He said that God created us for one purpose, and that was intimacy with him. Come on. See, God wants to have relationship with us. He wants it so badly, but he's not going to force it on you. In my own life, after I realized what I had been doing as an adult, I decided I was going to change how my prayer life looked. And something that really helped me personally was I decided, um, I decided the way I was going to expand my prayer life was that every single time I get in the car, I pause my podcast, the radio is off, and I'm gonna spend, it doesn't matter how far I'm going, I'm gonna spend that time with God in prayer. And this is not off of a religious rule. This is off of a heart that truly wants to be closer with God. See, when you desire relationship with someone, you desire talking to them. All the married people in the house. When you desired a relationship with somebody, right? When you first met your spouse, I don't know how it was for you, but I know for me, 
nonstop. I found every single way to possibly talk and hang out with my wife, right? Because I wanted relationship with her. To the point where like she wouldn't respond for hours and I would do the annoying thing and be like, so are we gonna like talk today or is that gonna like, we gonna push that? We weren't dating or nothing. Like I was just pushing it anyway. But right when you desire relationship with somebody, you want to hang out with them. You want to talk to them. When you start dating, you're constantly finding ways to talk and hang out with that person. So if we want to fulfill our one purpose, it starts with us desiring to talk to God. When I tell you that I'm spending time in prayer in my car, my prayer life is not me just sitting there and praying for the struggles and the anxieties and the stresses that I am going through. That's probably maybe 10% of my prayer life. But what I'm doing is I'm asking God, give me wisdom today. I have so many meetings. Give me wisdom. You be involved in my day. Help me listen to you, Holy Spirit. Give me opportunities to speak into someone's life today. Lord, help me to focus on you today. Help me not to accomplish the things I need to do, but the things you need me to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I still pray for family and friends and myself and students and all of those things. Especially when I know they're struggling, but the thing is, is we should be praying for people when they're not struggling. So don't hear this message wrong today because we still need to pray when we are stressed and filled with anxiety. We need to pray in those storms. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Amen. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden, I, and the burden I give you is light. Amen. We need to lay our burdens before the Lord, but that should not be the only time that we're talking to him. When I was writing this message, I felt like the Lord just continually was bringing up his will. And one question really came to mind with that. And it was, does our will line up with his will? Because I think it's very easy for us to have a selfish prayer life. And what I mean by that is that, what I mean by that is if your prayer life is just when you need something, what kind of relationship is that? If people only come to me when they need something, I don't know if I'm friends with that person. I came up with an example and I wrote out two prayers because I want us to look at the difference. If you were to be looking currently for a job and you found a job that pays really well, it has great hours, the environment seems just right for you. This is the first prayer. God, please let me get this job. This seems like it would be so amazing and it would really help me and my family if I was able to get this job. This is the second prayer. 
Lord, I trust you. God, I just pray that whatever job I'm supposed to have, I pray that you would make it clear and obvious to me. Lord, that I would go where you need me to go. God, I just thank you for the job that you are going to give me. See, the first one, the difference is that first one says, I think I know what's best for me. But that second one says, no, 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 I trust you and I know that you know what's best for me. It's been really cool because on Tuesday nights, we've been doing youth Bible study and, um, and Vance has been leading that. And the very first week that we did Bible study, he had this verse in John and it has stuck with me for weeks now. And it's John 15, seven, and it says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. I'm not gonna get deep into this verse, but what I do want to ask tonight is, are you remaining in him? I feel like the Bible gives two perfect examples of this, and that's Jesus and Paul, and I wanna start with Paul. I already wrote you, or I already read you a verse in Ephesians, but when Paul is writing Ephesians, this whole book, this whole letter is just encouragement to the church. It is blessing. He is just constantly helping them fight on. He spends this whole letter blessing them and encouraging them. And when we get to the end of the letter, we find out that Paul is in prison. And he says, pray for me. And in Ephesians 6.20, this is what he says. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. When I came to this, it just blew my mind because I was trying to think, Paul is in prison, is in prison and he says he is in chains here, right? He could have easily said, pray that I have freedom so that I can continue to go, what God has, go and do what God has asked me to do. But he doesn't pray that here. He just says, pray that I will continue to speak boldly for God. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Paul remained in Christ even in the midst of his trial. And then we have Jesus. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Um, He's a pretty good example if you wanna look him up, New Testament. But before Jesus was taken into custody, before he was placed on trial, before he was crucified, before that, he goes into the garden to pray. And that's where we find it in Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42. This is Jesus's prayer. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus prayed that his father's will would be done. If Jesus in this moment was able to say, Father, your will be done, not mine. How much more should that be our prayer? Our purpose is intimacy with God. I hear so many young people trying to figure out dreams and desires. They feel hopeless. They feel like they're not accomplishing the things that they are supposed to be accomplishing, the things that they're designed for. But once we understand that our purpose is to be with God, 
to have relationship with him, once we realize that and start pursuing that, then that's when God will start placing dreams and desires on our heart. And those dreams and those desires, those are meant to line up with his plan, with his purpose for your life. God will give you dreams and desires, but they will never pull you away from your one purpose. So often I hear people tell me what their dreams and desires are and they try to line it up with God's plan. But so often I see that that's the thing that's pulling them away. That's the thing that all of a sudden they're too busy to come to church or they're too busy to spend time in their word or in prayer. They're too busy to go out and serve because they're chasing after their dream. But if our one purpose is to have intimacy with God, we have to understand that those dreams and desires are gonna line up. They should be pulling us closer to him. I went to a conference years ago and I took this class on prayer. In the middle of this class, they asked this question that has forever stuck with me. This question not only challenged me, but it changed the way that I pray now. This question challenged me, and so I hope tonight that it challenges you too. The question was, if all of your prayers were to come true, would the world change or just you? So church, tonight I ask, what is it that we're praying for? See, the reason that this question changed my prayer life is because I realized it is not about me. When you choose relationships and friendships, if you're going around thinking, hmm, what can I get from you? That's not friendship. That's not relationship. And sometimes that's how we treat our relationship with God. I'll be the first to say I'm guilty of it. It's not about what can I get out of it, it's instead what can I do for you, Lord? If we submit to God, if we allow him to work through us, that's how the world changes. But it has to start with our prayer life. In this room, we're in all different areas when it comes to our prayer life. Some of you may have heard this message and go, I'm good, I've been pursuing, and that's awesome. Continue to go deeper and deeper and pursue but I know that's not everyone. Some of you may feel like prayer is a last resort for you. Some of you might think that's the last thing I go to. But let me tell you, God has so much more for you. He wants relationship with you so badly. And some of us may sit in this room and go, I have no idea how to pray. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to say. And let me just tell you, it's, it's just a conversation. I've asked that tonight the prayer teams would be available. And if you're somebody that has said, I just don't know 
where to start. And you sit here during the first song and you're just like, I can't figure out where to start. That's what we're here for. That's what church is. Church is for us to all come together to encourage one another. So please do not feel embarrassed, come forward. I don't want any of us to leave without praying, without going a little further, without going a little deeper. And if you're struggling, just in general, that's what the prayer teams are for. Don't feel ashamed, don't feel embarrassed. I have one last verse to encourage you as we spend time in prayer and worship, and that's Matthew 7, 7. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? The rest of the worship team, you guys can come up. But I would just ask that everybody in here, I'm gonna lead us in prayer, but don't let prayer stop there for this evening. When I say amen, don't let that be it. Continue to go deeper. God has so much for you and he's just been waiting on the other side of that door. So knock, seek. You all bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for every single person who is in here, every single person online in our outposts, everyone, Lord. Lord, you see every single person and you're just waiting for that relationship. You're just waiting for that prayer. So Lord, I just pray that tonight we would not leave here without speaking to you without seeking you, without asking about our dreams and our purpose. Lord Jesus, don't let us leave without going a little bit deeper with you. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing and I just thank you for what you have planned. You're such a good father. And Lord, we just ask all of these things in your holy and precious name, Jesus. Everybody said. Thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks. Thanks.